Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Today, we have an eight-game NBA slate to break down to start the week on Monday, February 24th. I hope you all had an enjoyable, proactive, fun weekend, you know, XFL PGA, NASCAR, if that's your type of thing, NBA as well throughout the entire weekend. We broke it all down here from those sports outside of NASCAR, but hope you all enjoyed your weekends nonetheless with there's family, friends, personal life, and DFS life. So with that said, start of a new week. We are here yet again. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all for continuing to support my content. If I can ask you, if you get any value from this episode, hit that subscribe button over on your favorite podcast platform throughout the day today. Today will be the last day to enter the giveaway for $50 giveaway for anybody who subscribes to the podcast. Each platform that you subscribe on, so Apple counts as one, Spotify following there counts as one, Google Play, Stitcher, all those count as one entry. And if you leave a review on Apple, it counts as an additional two. If you subscribe on YouTube and hit the notification, bell it also counts as an entry so all those entries have been tallied up we're up we're, we're upwards to somewhere in the the counts of 50 total entries uh, across the board and the winner will be announced later today for a 50 dollars giveaway so a little incentive for people to subscribe on all the platforms that they enjoy listening on and maybe even some that you don't listen all that much on but just to get into the contest so thank you so much appreciate that I do have Patreon-exclusive content, uh, XFL stuff, all, all the data sheets for snap counts, all the data sheets for targets, touches. Those will be going out today. The recap show for week three, key stats, routes run, um, all of that stuff will be going out tomorrow. And then throughout the week, some more stuff. A huge, huge week in the XFL. Um, we had one Patreon finish fifth after um, they a point and a half out of first place, got knocked out, controversial potential interception or not um, in the 100K to first uh, we had a bunch of other people reach out to me, just turning like $30 into $700. Very successful weekend. Um, week one, I had a very good weekend. Week three has been my most successful weekend in XFL. So hopefully everybody else followed along. That is a Patreon, but NBA projections as well. All that is what I produce here as an independent content creator. That can all be found on Patreon. I'll link it up down below. But for the purposes of this video, let's get into it, starting with injury news. So in Atlanta, it's just DeAndre Bemery continues to miss personal issue now. So 3K flat, it's not really going to change much. Maybe it opens up some more Brandon Goodwin minutes. Maybe it gives Jeff Teague a minute more, um, but not much there. Same thing for Alfonso McKinney, 3K flat for Cleveland out with a foot injury. Uh, maybe it opens up your Dante Exum additional run, um, but probably not going to change all that much there. Uh, but for Dallas, you get Jalen Brunson out with a shoulder and Willie Cauley-Stein questionable with a personal reason. Willie Cauley-Stein's injury really doesn't matter as much now that I imagine Christoph Porzingis will be returning after missing for the last game on the second night of a back-to-back due to rest. Jalen Brunson missing, I imagine, with Luka coming back does not matter all that much since they are extremely deep when it comes to having uh, DeLon Wright, Seth Curry, Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, you have J.J. Barea, so I don't think it's going to matter all that much. With Luka coming back, Barea probably doesn't even touch 15 minutes, even with Brunson out. For uh, the Clippers, you have some major injury news here for them. Paul George is questionable with a hamstring, and Pat Beverly is going to be questionable with a groin injury. Even if I just take Paul George off here to see what the impact becomes, you get Kawhi going to a 37% usage rate player. You have um, Lou Williams in the 30% range and Montrezl Harrell around 27%. The issue is we don't really have a huge, huge minutes uh, sample with on this team, one Reggie Jackson and two uh, Marcus Morris. You only have 22 minutes of Reggie Jackson and 72 minutes of Marcus Morris when Paul George is off the court. So we don't really know how that impacts this team. In those 22 minutes, Reggie Jackson has a 20% usage rate. And in those 
72 minutes, Marcus Morris has a 15%. I don't expect Morris to go up, but maybe you get some sort of fantasy point per minute bump uh, and, and change there. Um, this is just taking Paul George off, not taking Pat Beverly off as well. Pat Beverly is a decent fantasy point per minute producer, would obviously impact the minutes directly of Reggie Jackson, would impact the minutes directly of guys like Lou Williams. But if you look at just a point per minute production, Kawhi becomes a 1.63 guy with just Paul George off the court. Um, and then you have Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams in the 1.2 range. In, in those 72 minutes, Marcus Morris is a 0.41. So obviously a small sample that you shouldn't pay too much attention to there. But it's just a, a great indication that if Paul George was to miss today, and even if Pat Beverly was, it's even better um, for Kawhi Leonard, one. And then two, the Williams get more minutes if Jackson's out. Montrezl Harrell should see more run and more usage in his run. Same things for um, Reggie Jackson. In Memphis, Darren Jackson is expected to at least miss two weeks with a knee injury. Now, this is great for Brandon Clark, who's been playing 22 to 24 minutes, usually like 23 exactly, uh, behind him at the four and the five. And now you're going to get Clark playing additional minutes at the four, good minutes at the five. They, still don't, they don't have Solomon Hill anymore to pick up some minutes. So you should see uh, no Bruno Caboclo. So you should see a good amount of run here. The issue is DraftKings already priced him up to 5,500 in what should be a, a somewhat difficult matchup. That said, it's a great fantasy point per minute producer around 1.1 in a spot, even at 5,500, that he can smash. He's just been priced up already. Jimmy Butler for Miami is going to be out with a personal matter. Uh, Miami is going to be down some bodies today. They're still down Jimmy Butler. They're down Tyler Hero at this point. So the impact that you see with, if I take Deion Waiters, because he's not on the team, Justin Winslow, because he's not on the team, Hero, who's hurt, and Jimmy Butler off the court this year, you actually have a good amount of minutes, and Goran Dragic leads the team in usage at 28%. Bam Adebayo is second at 25 And then the only other player in the 20% range is Kendrick Nunn at 24%. Now, if we go based on fantasy points per minute, you actually have a 100-minute sample, 95 to be exact, with Jay Crowder on this roster. He is the leader in fantasy points per minute when Butler is off the court, 1.36. That's obviously not going to stay the same. It's a 95-minute sample. It's a sample size of literally three um, four, three to four games total without uh, Jimmy Butler off the court. Now, that's a decent sample, right? We don't ever want to use that small of a sample. We like to see things of 250 and above just to get some more consistency behind it because it can just be a hot streak of shooting that really impacts that point per minute number. But it's at least good to see that he's been pretty effective. That might go under the radar a little bit. Bam's a 1.25 guy. His uh, point per minute goes up right from 1.15 to 1.25. Goran Dragic goes from being a one fantasy point per minute producer to a 1.11. And Kendrick Nunn goes from being like a 0.9 guy to a 1.01. So the biggest benefits from no Jimmy Butler are going to be Goran Dragic, Bam, Kendrick Nunn, and Jay Crowder, all four of those. Now, you could have probably pointed to that, but Crowder, maybe a little bit more than people expected. Dragic, I'll continue to run out there ahead of, in a similar price point now, ahead of Kendrick Nunn. And I think Bam is, is a very solid play uh, once again. Brooke Lopez is going to be out with a back injury. They'll continue. Really, I don't know who they're going to fill in here. You have Robin Lopez's brother behind him, but they can easily go to Ursan Eliasova, who plays center. Um, maybe they can dust off some players off the bench. They can go to Giannis at the five and go smaller here in a matchup that would allow them to against Washington. D'Angelo Russell is going to be probable today for, well, expected to play as the news that we got for Minnesota, with Carl Anthony Towns expected to miss again. So as long as D'Lo does suit up, it makes a lot of these guys not playable. You had Jordan McLaughlin, who ended up being my number two overall play on the slate yesterday behind Eric Pascal. You had him go off, right? You had him go for the 40-plus fantasy point performance, but now he's going to be probably priced up, and D'Angelo Russell's coming back. That doesn't help him. Malik Beasley's at 6K, which if he's going to play 35 minutes a night, even with Russell back, Beasley can spike a ceiling performance there, so I still think Beasley's at least okay and in play. You still have the price points of Pancho Hernan Gomez now in the 5K range coming up. 
not as appealing. So uh, with D'Lo coming back at 8,700, I'm not that interested in him. Dallas now has Luka and Kristoff back, so their defense is as secure as it really can be at this point. Um, not too interested in, in the Minnesota players. Malik Beasley still looks okay. Um, in New York, Alfred Payton and Frank Nielakino are both questionable. Keep an eye on both those injuries. If they were to both miss at this point, RJ Barrett and Dennis Smith Jr. would look like good options because they would just have to, at that point, fill in 32 minutes for Alfred Payton and 20 plus minutes from Frank Nielakino. And then probably perhaps the biggest news outside of Jimmy Butler stuff right now is that Philadelphia is going to be without both Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons today. Simmons already ruled out with a back injury. Tobias Harris is doubtful with a knee injury. The usage rates on this team go to number one, Joel Embiid, 37.7% usage in 244 minutes with no Harris and Simmons on the court. Joel Embiid is $9,500 today on DraftKings. Um, With these two players out, it is without a doubt the obvious move. But number two on the team is Josh Richardson at 26.8%. Number two in usage on this team, uh, and that is in a sample of 255 minutes. It's going to be very hard to ignore Josh Richardson and Joel Embiid today, who, based on the news that Harrison Simmons are out, uh, Joel Embiid is at least $1,000 underpriced, and Josh Richardson can arguably be $2,000 underpriced today. So that's where I'm at right now. Uh, for those wondering, Al Horford in a sample size of only 87 minutes, so not as secure, but only a 21.3% usage rate. If we go to fantasy point per minute production with all these players off the court, um, mainly Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons, you have Joel Embiid at 1.63. So he's very similar to Kawhi Leonard without Paul George. Um, and Kawhi Leonard obviously still has usage monsters like Harrell and, and Lou Williams to compete with, while Joel Embiid is going to have uh, Josh Richardson, Al Horford, Raul Nito probably to compete with in just 10 minutes. So we're not really going to use this number, but funny. Uh, Alec, Bur- Al- Alec Burks in 10 minutes is a 1.25 guy. Not going to use that, but Joel Embiid, very secure. Josh Richardson, a 1.04 fantasy point per minute producer, goes up from being like a 0.9 guy. So Richardson and Embiid are the two guys that you want to have here. Al Horford, a 0.91 guy with a month court and a limited sample size. Uh, he becomes slightly interesting, but not really anything that I prioritize. Moving over to now the target offense sheet, we will, we're going to just go jump right to the early interest. If you were interested in the target offense sheet, you can find that over on um, Patreon. If you are somebody on the YouTube channel, like looking at it and screenshotting, it'll be over on Patreon today. Again, so quickly, uh, I'll shout out uh, drafters.com. That is a logo linked up above. Exciting news coming out from drafters.com. I'm going to probably talk with them today or tomorrow to get a little bit more information about all the stuff they're doing and things that I can share with the audience and the following, but they have best ball in the works, and it's a couple weeks out from what I hear for the NFL season. If you are a fan of it or you've heard of it before, and I played a little bit last year, best ball is an extremely popular format and a fun format in the fantasy space, but the number one provider for it in draft.com, PlayDraft, actually ended up just going out of business slash FanDuel just stopped using it. They're going to implement some of their features to FanDuel, but not all of them. So now the market is left empty and drafters.com is going to come in and fill it. Now I've been partnering with them for about a year and a half, two years now. They have great online snake draft formats. That I play in um, not every day at this point, but I try to play as often as I can over there on their NBAs, definitely weekly, definitely by three times a week. Um, so I would check out uh, drafters.com. Again, you can use the promo code SAL100, get you a 100% deposit match up to $50. That's SAL100. Let's know that you came for me, but seriously, check it out and then just wait for the news on best ball. It's going to be coming because that should be a ton of fun. So pulling up now here, a slate where you have just the most criminally priced players, especially with some of the injury news that we now know and have, um, but just criminally priced players all around the board here. So if I just pull this up right here, you have James Harden uh, as $11,000 player today. This same James Harden that by all accounts should be priced at $12,000 plus, but you're getting him at a nice discount. He is a 39.7% usage rate, 35% assist percentage. Um, His points per possessions are top two um, 
the top 2% of the league with 126.9. Uh, yeah, in the matchup against New York where, I mean, even if they have Alfred Payton and Neil Aquino, it's not that terrible. If Neil Aquino is out, though, I mean, definitely a defensive upgrade um, matchup-wise for Harden. So 11K, he looks good. The issue with trying to get to Harden, and it's easy to, he's 11K, and there's not a secure value at this point in the day. But Luka Dantich is at 10-5 today. Um, I really don't know how I get away from Luka Dantich, the player who continues to lead his league in assist per- or his team in assist percentage, uh, usage, and rebounding rate. The only player in the league to be doing that and has a, a rebounding rate literally higher than Porzingis and any of the centers on his team and centers on half the other teams in the league. So at 10-5 against Minnesota, where uh, D'Angelo Russell coming back is only going to help the offensive upside of Luka Dantich uh, when he's going to be on defense behind him for a player who is coming off of rest, uh, 33, 34 minutes of play today. At 10-5, yeah, you're getting a a huge discount on him. I have Kawhi Leonard in yellow. Um, it's interesting what happens today. So Kawhi Leonard at 9,700 becomes a very good and, and intriguing play if Paul George is out. It's hard to judge what the impact of Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris will have on his usage and overall production, but I don't think it will be much. Even if you put Kawhi Leonard instead of being as like a 1.35, 1.4 producer up to a 1.5 guy instead of the 1.63 fantasy point per minute producer he's been with George off the court to account for some of these other players being there, in 34 to 35 minutes of play against Memphis, he will look really good. Memphis has been the number one team in defense over their last uh, 10 games, but that's not going to concern me too much with this Clippers team and Kawhi. So it's really tough to pick between the, I would say, 9,000 plus players today, $9,000 plus, especially when you talk about this next person who Joel Embiid to me looks like somebody that you do not get away from no matter what today. On an eight game slate, if he's 35% on, give me Joel Embiid today, I think. $9,500 against Atlanta, Maybe the best matchup you can have. Still no Clint Capella. It'll be Dwayne Devin for half the time and then a mixture of John Collins and and, um, and Damian Jones. And at this point, Joel Embiid at 9,500, where he's going to be a 37.7% usage rate player, a 1.6 fantasy point per minute producer. I'll just put him at 1.55 today, 1.6. It might be a little bit high, but even that looks great in this matchup. And he's probably going to play around 32 minutes of play. No Simmons again. Uh, no Horford. You can make the argument that with no Simmons, the offense doesn't run as effectively. Um, but I think it just means that Embiid probably has to go down into the paint more, which helps his overall upside. When Simmons is on, Simmons is also a clogger, which means that you have to put um, just Simmons at the three-point line or, or Embiid at the three-point line, and that's their issue to make him shoot. When Simmons is off and you actually have somebody else handling the ball, maybe it's Josh Richardson more. He can shoot. Maybe it's Raul Nito. He can at least attempt to shoot, right? Korkmaz can shoot, whoever it might be at that point. So Embiid at 9,500 looks really good. I love the idea of combining Embiid plus one of these other guys above him in Luka, Kawhi, and Harden. So I think you can get that done today. We might need to wait for a little bit of value to open up, but I still think it looks great. So Bam Adebayo at 8,500, another player that in the matchup against Cleveland may be a more difficult rebounding matchup. But if you're just talking overall opportunity-wise today, his point-per-minute production is going to go up to 1.25 without Jimmy Butler on the court. His usage rate is going to go to 25% at this point. His assist percentage as well for Bam Adebayo is something that he's normally um, fine already with. He's normally a a great assist guy, around a 20-22% assist guy with Jimmy Butler. Uh, on the court, it goes to 33.6%. Bam Adebayo is the number one assist percentage player on this team by 10% with Jimmy Butler off the court. 33.6% is elite assist percentage numbers. That is the assist percentage numbers of some of the better point guards in the league. You look at Devin Booker, who's next on my list. His assist percentage this season, if I pull it up right now, I'm going to guess it's like 30%. Devin Booker's is is 28.3%. Wow. I'm cleaning the glass. So there you go. Uh, Bam Adebayo is going to have all the upside in the world assist-wise today. And if you're talking about Cleveland's back, Gordon 
them defending the three-point line as long as your Drogics, your nuns your duncan robinsons can knock down some of their shots their their um their long twos their three-pointers they're, they're going to be a lot of opportunities for bam today so 8500 looks good booker continues to just be mispriced every single time he's out there he's going to play 36 minutes he's going to average 1.3 fantasy points per minute 30 percent usage guy i like him ricky rubio's price point is still appealing on this slate especially because as i mentioned there's not as much value down here so the 6k and 5k range is where a lot of our value seeking players are coming from um, but Ricky Rubio, 6,400. He's probably the guy like the least on this list, to be honest with you. Um, the consistency in play had not been there for the past month. And now the past week or so, it has been there. You're getting back to the one fantasy point per minute producer for 30 minutes of play or a little bit more. He's sort of priced for his role now, but there's still an upside there. Matchup makes it a little bit more difficult. Goran Dragic, Um, So like we just mentioned about Bam and Abayo, Goran Dragic's upside, he becomes the number two assist percentage player on this team at 26%. He becomes the number three point per minute guy. He goes to 1.11 instead of a one fantasy point per minute producer. And then he goes to being the number one usage rate player at 27.9% in 252 minutes with Jimmy Butler, Deion Waiters, Justice Winslow, and Tyler Hero off the court. At 6K flat in this matchup against Cleveland, uh, he has a real ceiling for GPPs tonight. Robert Covington, almost similar to Ricky Rubio in terms of like getting very close and maybe almost right where he should be pricing wise. Um, matchup against New York is, is one appealing for Covington. He's going to continue to play 34 minutes in this offense, be a, a not great usage player in the mid-teens, shoots 75% of his shot attempts from three. So there's an upside for GPPs there. If on his seven three-point attempts, instead of going three for seven, he will win five or six for seven. There's obviously an upside there. So I'd like to see that for GBPs. His rebounding rate has increased a little bit, um, but not too much since Russell Westbrook is still a factor in this Houston team, snagging rebounds from anybody who wants to be the de facto center there. But I think Covington still looks okay at 6K. There's just so many 6K flat options with uh, Goran Dragic's Covington and this next player, Malik Beasley. I prefer Dragic's the most at this point, but because um, Beasley has D'Angelo Russell coming back into the rotation, where Dragic has his number one usage player and Butler leaving the rotation. Uh, but Beasley, I think, is still at least in play. Evan Fournier, 5,900, probably more of a cash option. You'll get 33 minutes out of him. You'll get close to fantasy point per minute production in an okay matchup against Brooklyn. Kendrick Nunn's price point goes up $1,000 to 5,600 since the last time we saw him. Similar matchup to his teammate Drogics. Drogics is just the better assist percentage player, better fantasy point per minute producer, and overall better usage player for only $400 more. Give me Drogics over Nunn, but that doesn't mean Nunn's out of play. I put Brandon Clark on this list out of the 21 players that I did list. On an eight-game slate, I'll probably have 55 to 60 players in an initial player pool. But Brandon Clark, he's already priced to where he probably should be. Now, the center position against the Clippers is usually one that benefits a lot. So you, Joe Val should get a, a good amount of opportunities today. That's their weakest position defensively. So if Clark is going to back him up now at center for maybe 10 to 12 minutes instead of playing no minutes there, well, that looks really good now. And then he picks up more minutes at the four, maybe he plays around 28 minutes. I think $5,500 for Clark, it's obviously a bump up in price of about $1,000 or so, maybe $700 just because of this injury news. And they had it a little bit earlier, but I still think that there's a situation where he could be $500 to $1,000 on their price tier. It looks like an interesting GBP play if ownership doesn't follow. Mike Conley likely uh, going to return today by all accounts that I've seen um, against Phoenix. Strong matchup, 5,300 for Mike Conley. Uh, at this point for Mike Conley, he's been very, very productive as of late the last two months or so, or, or month or so, two weeks or so. Um, you get him as a 25% usage rate guy. You get his assist percentage somewhat creeping up to 23.2%. I think the main issues um, at this point for Mike Conley are just really where he's shooting and the frequency of his shots. You're getting Mike Conley, who used to be a player who would just drive a ton. And, and now he's a player who, at this point in his career, is not having the ability to at least finish at the rim as much. Um, Mike Conley is somebody who at his price point is, I'm okay getting to. I think the biggest re issue and drawaway for me is just at this price point, we're about to get to the high 4K range. And I think there's some other players who look really good. So here's the issue with Mike Conley in terms of what I was just saying about his shooting. 
Only 19% of his shot attempts are coming at the rim. That just means he's not driving. Now it makes sense when Donovan Mitchell's on your team and Donovan Mitchell has an extremely, extremely high drive rate. That makes a ton of sense to me. You also have the fact that Mike Conley is just getting older and and players, once they start getting older, you see Chris Paul settling for a lot of more mid-range jumpers and actually driving. That becomes an issue. But this is by far the lowest drive rate of Mike Conley's career. Last year was the lowest at 24%. Now it's at 19%, a 5% drop-off. The year before that, 32%. I mean, if you remember his 2007-2008 his rookie season, he drove and finished at the rim 48% of the time, half the time. That's one of the more elite numbers you'll ever see. 19% of the time is a major concern. Um, so where are a lot of his shots coming from? 43% from the mid-range. That's really hard to bank on consistency-wise. 38% from three-point range is the set, uh, third highest of his career, very close to being the second. So, I mean, I like to see the three-point attempts going up for fantasy purposes, and, and, but just the fact that he's not going to the rim at all makes his overall consistency something of maybe a scare but at 5300 it's at least worth noting that for gpps he's fine Alec Burks at 4,900 is interesting today because we don't have a huge sample size on how he'll be affected with no Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons my guess is that he plays 24 plus minutes somewhere around there today and is going to be a fantasy point per minute point per minute producer or close to it guy loves to shoot he's great off screens he's only 4,900 he looks very strong. And if he's not picking up ownership because this next player is picking up a ton, I think Burks is a fine pivot and or play both of them. But that's Josh Richardson. I would love Joel Embiid for 76 er He would be a guy that I'm going to target the most. But Josh Richardson is the guy that's probably the easiest to target at 4,800. Number team on the number two on the team in usage, assist percentage, um, and point per minute production with no Simmons and Tobias Harris on the court and about a 250-minute sample. I expect Josh Richardson to pick up a lot of ownership, maybe the highest home player as the day goes on today. I think it's fine as long as you're getting different elsewhere. But like I said, if Alec Burks doesn't pick up any ownership, he could be a nice pivot, same price point for $100 more uh, on the exact same team, a direct pivot, but they both look great. Dwayne Demon at 4,800. Again, I would prefer Richardson. I would prefer Alec Burks in this price range, uh, but he should play about 24, 24 plus minutes today, uh, maybe even more than that to just try and stay out there with Joel Embiid. It is a brutal matchup for him as Horford and Embiid should be out there, maybe not together as much, but for the full game of Dwayne Debman's minutes. Al Horford at 4,500 is just a low-end option at this point. We we don't have much of a sample, 80 minutes or so with him on the court and no Simmons or Tobias Harris in that sample size. He has like a 0.9 producer. If you have him for 30 minutes or so, you're getting him for like 27, 26 fantasy points in this matchup. So I, I do think that he looks good. It's just a matter of, does he actually play 30 minutes as he hasn't been doing that as of late when he comes off the bench? Now down two guys, if you do put him at 30 minutes, 28 minutes, he'll look like a decent play. Darius Garland drops to 4,400 in a tough matchup versus Miami, but they're down hero. They're down Butler defensively. Um, but yeah, in a tough matchup against Miami, he's just playing big minutes at 33. If he has a spike game in terms of his shooting performance, then he should look good at this point. Um, Garland right now, is a player so far who's averaging pretty decent numbers in terms of usage, 21.7%. Not great when it comes to assist percentage. That's where you get more of the um, Colin Sexton numbers coming out. Darius Garland at this point uh, in his rookie season, only an 18% usage rate player, only finishes at the rim 22% of the time. That's the biggest issue for Darius Garland with me. And at this price point, while he's only a GPP option, and even at that point might be a little bit sketchy compared to Josh Richardson and Alec Burks, you're getting 37% of his shots coming from the mid-range. That's not great anymore, right? You're only getting 22% at the rim. You're getting 41% from three. 41% from three is a good number to see, but I would like to see some of those 40% or so shots coming uh, in mid-range, half of those finishing at the rim. Just drive a little bit more. Now, it depends on how they set up their offense, and obviously, if he's just an off-screen type of player as the number two guard on this offense and not a point guard, that makes more sense, but it's a little bit concerning at least for me to see when players just aren't driving. I mentioned it with Conley because it just ruins their overall upside and consistency. And usually when you start to see players' drive rates come up slowly, 
their price points on DraftKings won't reflect that. Like how they're producing overall will reflect that on DraftKings um, in terms of just are they scoring, are they are they putting up points, assists, things like that. But if you're like looking into the reading between the tree leaves or leaves, whatever the lines, whatever you want to call it, and seeing that they're producing better because they're finishing at the rim more, this is consistent. I'll pay this price point or I'll get on it before the price point increases. If they're producing better because they're shooting more from mid-range and making those shots, that's not something that's going to hold up long-term. It's just not going to happen unless you're Kevin Durant at that point. So uh, the, the Anthony Melton, 3,900, you know the deal with the Anthony Melton. He'll play 22 to 24 minutes. He'll either go out there, he's like a 1.1 fantasy point per minute producer. So more times than not, if he's playing 22 to 24, he'll pay off this $3,900 price tag. He did it two games ago, dropped 40. Then the game after that, he scores single digits. So he's obviously a very variant player. Tough matchup against the Clippers, but 3,900, I think he's in play. Then you have PJ Tucker, the guy that everybody hates in DFS, but is a very strong real life player. 3,800, he's going to play 34 to 36 minutes today against New York, which is a fine matchup. He's going to average somewhere around like 0.7 fantasy points per minute. And more times than not, you're going to get uh, PJ Tucker not really uh, making you happy at 3,800. But right now, there's not a ton of guys down here. PJ Tucker on the season, only a 5.9% assist percentage and a 8.5% usage rate. PJ Tucker, by all accounts, is the, the definition of just fool's gold, but he'll hit for you, I don't know, once out of every three or four games. P.J. Tucker this season is shooting 66% of his shot attempts from three-point range. That ranks top five percentile in the league. Corner threes, he ranks top one percentile in the league with 51% of his shot attempts coming from corner threes. I mean, we just know that he likes, that's a shot in the corner. Uh, But you're just getting a player with no usage, no assist percentage, all relying on his three-point shooting. If he shoots eight threes, does he make three or does he make five? That's the difference between... Uh, him going out there for you and, and, and failing at 16 points or him getting you there at 3,800 at 23 points. Um, so that's where I'm at right now. PJ Tucker's teammate played off or um, Eric Gordon, his teammate played off the bench. He's 3,700, not listed. Looks interesting if he starts, but that's where I'm at right now. Appreciate y'all tuning into this video. Um, be sure to check out my Patreon exclusive content. XFL PGA stuff will be going up uh, to start the week, early week content the next couple of days. NBA every single day projections will be out later in the day, updated up and throughout lock with my interests as well. So be sure to check that out linked up down below and also check out drafters.com. Their best ball leagues will be coming soon and I'll be sure to talk to you about that. I'll talk to them or this week about some of their uh, things in the works as well as their best ball stuff. So I can share that with you, but promo code SAL100, you can play there now. They have a rank them format and then they have a really cool format, uh, a snake online snake draft where you can play today basketball and you're just snake drafting. I advise you to draft closer to lock just due to injury news, but thank you so much for tuning in. Hit the subscribe button on all platforms. I will lastly shout out the giveaway that ends today. So ends today, uh, you can get into it. One entry for every single podcast platform that you follow me and subscribe on. One entry if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts. uh, And then one entry if you subscribe here and hit the notification bell on YouTube. We have about 50 or so in today. And the the prize is going to be a $50 giveaway. So thank you so much for tuning in. My name's Sal. You already know that. Peace out. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you can please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.